Hello, you are listening to Talk the Line. I'm Jen Long. This is our weekly podcast where I talk to a musician about something that they are passionate about. And it's usually something a little bit left field, a little bit exciting, a little bit surprising at times. This week, it's something fucking awesome. We upload a new episode every Friday. All our previous episodes and show notes are at talktheline.blog. We have had conversations with people like Joe Mount from Metronomy, Ray Morris, O Wonder, and Amanda Palmer. You can follow us on social media at Talk the Line. I think we're on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow me at Jen Long. And it is super easy to subscribe to this podcast. You just click the button that says subscribe and it goes to your listening device every single Friday. At the age of 21, singer-songwriter Kate Nash won a Brit Award and over the last 10 years has balanced a successful music and acting career. She's released four albums to date. Her latest is called Yesterday Forever and was inspired by her adolescent diaries and the realisation that the end of her 20s was just as intense as her teenage years. Kate is known for her activism, as well as performances at Pride and her support for Pussy Riot. She's a founding director of the Featured Artists Coalition, a musician's lobbying group. In 2016, she rallied almost 300 fellow musicians such as Sia, Alicia Keys and Karen O against the construction of the Dakota Access Pipeline at Standing Rock. As an actress, Kate's been part of one of Netflix's best shows, Glow!, where she plays wrestler Rhonda Britannica Richardson and stars alongside Alison Brie and Mark Maron. Kate is a massive fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. In Halloween 2012, she staged her own version of the season six musical episode Once More With Feeling at an East London theatre. And we sat down at Strong Rooms in East London for over an hour while she ate a sandwich and we discussed her much-loved obsession. We've been doing this podcast for probably about a year now, actually. Cool. This is like one of the themes that I've been most excited about. Really? Amazing. (laughs) Just because when you said it, I was like, oh, fuck. Like, oh, God, Buffy. I hadn't thought about it in so long. (laughs) Yeah. And then I like started watching back like random episodes and clips on YouTube because I couldn't get it on any streaming It used to be on Netflix and they took it off just last year, I think. I was very upset when they took it off. How far through were you? I've watched Buffy a million times. I just always like to have it. It was such easy access. Yeah. I mean, I've got it on VHS and DVD. Oh, my God. But having it on Netflix was amazing because then any time I needed Buffy, I could have it yeah. Buffy. <laughs> How old are you, if you don't mind me asking? I'm 30. Okay. So I was so 14, I think, when it we came We were sort out. of similar, right? Because I remember everyone in school being like really excited about it because I think they oh. teased it on like BBC Two. Two. Yeah. BBC Two. I remember the tease. <laughs> I remember... It was like my my older sister just had a sleepover the night before, and I think watched Scream or Scream Two. I can't it was remember. That, that, it was that era. It was that era. I know what you did last summer. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I was so I was really excited because I like liked my older sister's friends. I thought they were really cool, and I was kind of getting to like sit in on it. And um, I remember like going. Weirdly enough, it's like it was also the last time I had a. Mc- McDonald's chicken sandwich because I ate it and there was a disgusting vein inside it. I remember going into Harrow from Harrow, I'm from North Harrow, went into Harrow on the Hill, got like McDonald's and I was like having a great day, bit into it, vein, disgusting, turned off, came home anyway. (laughs) Watching TV, saw this tease of 
and it was like I remember the angle I remember what she was wearing and I just remember sitting on the sofa and being like what is this like this is amazing and it was her on the like snooker table or the pool table at the bronze and that like shot where it goes up and she just like looks up and she looks so fierce and I was like this is so Oh, am I allowed to swear on this? Yeah, yeah. Sure. So fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, um, and then I watched the pilot that night. And, um, well, not the pilot, actually, the first episode, because the pilot had, the original pilot had a different Willow in it. Yeah, and I read that the original pilot, Josh Whedon doesn't like people yeah. to see. To see, yeah. He said it sucks ass. Yeah, yeah. Or something similar. <laughs> so it was the one with, um, the cast for it that stayed throughout the whole series and it's just like it changed my life like in that in that moment of seeing it and I was like this is everything and it was kind of like my first band or something it was like my first true obsession I feel like I became obsessed with that more than any music more than anything I just like lived for it and it felt like it guided me through high school and it was actually like they were my friends and I had all these like yeah no, it was life changing <laughs> <laughs> so it was how it went for seven seasons seven seasons yeah so was it one every year i just remember always getting the box set on half term oh, or like yeah i remember me and my mum my mum was into it and my two sisters and we'd like watch the box set during a half term so whenever we could get it i guys i kind of feel like i started i grew out of it as i went off to uni and stuff did you yeah yeah and so the first like kind of three to four series i really really remember and Mm. then the the final three not so much season five is the best season do you do you think because i i thought some people really hated season five season five is the fucking greatest tv ever made i love season five i love season five because i'll tell you why okay (laughs) because it starts out and i think all the characters are, are at the height of like just themselves they're the they're like fully developed characters they're funny they all seem happy everyone's in like pretty good place at the Mm. beginning of season five so Buffy is Buffy going with the military guy at that point um was she having a spike thing she no not yet okay it's the very beginning so she's like starting she's she's um oh no wait she has gone out of Riley sorry we're talking about season five not four sorry yeah so season four is when she starts dating Riley okay the military guy but i don't love that storyline but um in season five she is dating riley sorry um she seems like happy in this like normal relationship and um i don't know xander and anya are like together and happy and willow's got a girlfriend and it's cool wicker like she's coming to her own like (laughs) she's like exploring that and it was that was a huge deal too because that was the first time that um like two women kissed I think on TV I think I spoke to the girl that plays Amber Benson who's, who plays Tara and at first they weren't when they first started when Willow and Tara first start dating yeah they don't um they don't really show any romance all their romance is through wicker stuff yeah. so like they go to college basically and like meet and start doing spells and stuff and mm-hmm. like but eventually they're able to show like kissing and stuff. But at the beginning of their relationship, you'll look back at it and notice they never kiss. I ever. mean, I did I did watch a YouTube compilation of clips that was the Willow and Tara love story. Yeah. And there was no there was no snogging. There, there, there was just a lot of like intense stares. Yeah, and like that's because at the beginning they weren't legally allowed to show that. Really? Because yeah. on TV over here we 
been shown that since like Brookside, right? Um, I guess so. That was the first lesbian kiss on UK TV. It was yeah. um, Anna, Anna Friel, was that Anna? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was Brookside. But when was that? That was like, well, it must have been early 90s. Yeah. I think I it was before Buffy. That I, I think I remember talking to Amber Benson about it and she said that like it wasn't, they weren't allowed to do it. Um, so I'm not sure legally exactly if that's the right as extreme as that but they were not allowed to Maybe show it, it on the, the network. network they were yeah. not allowed to show it on the network um so anyway i feel like you you start season five and everything's just really like like uh exciting like there's this magic shop which is like the new hangout <laughs> um and spike's hanging out in like a totally new way as a character he's really funny and just everybody seems like really good buffy's like decided to kind of explore being a slayer in a different way and you think like you're going to lose Giles but then she asks him to be her watcher again and she's like meditating and doing all this like cool stuff and everybody's like style is really like I think the best <laughs> style that they have I just think they all look great and everyone seems good and is exploring like new sides of themselves but in this like comfortable way where it's not just like the nervous beginnings it's like everyone seems quite comfortable as characters they're like quite fully developed by season five they actually actually managed to write it in a way that they they grew up with the show it didn't it wasn't right. like where they just you know the characters just stay locked in that yeah. same age bracket even though the right. actors are clearly getting older yeah, yeah and they just seem to grow like it just seemed like this really cool beginning and then i love that like i love joss whedon and i love what he does with like reality and buffy and has to face all these things as a human for the first time with her mum gets ill and oh she God. is that when her mum dies her mum dies and that's brutal it's that's massive really brutal it's story so brutal and she has to fight a god which they've never seen like it's the most powerful like bad guy they've ever had mm. um and she's actually a god glory is a god so like it's powers that like buffy's never even like come across before um and it's gonna like you know, destroy the entire, like, it's going to break up, like, these hell dimensions, you know, at the end, that's what happens and yeah. how she saves it by, like, jumping into it. But it's, like, it's really extreme. Like, Tara gets, like, turned in, you know, like, she takes her brain, Glory takes Tara's brain at one oh point. God. Buffy has a complete mental breakdown and, like, cannot speak in, like, one of the later episodes where they're just, like, she's completely lost it. Like, she's... Is that after her mum I think, yeah, it's after dies. her mum She just, like, has lost everything. I mean, of all the ways that you're going to kill someone's parent off, it's quite... Quite... It's a really brutally written episode. Yeah, but it's amazing, too, because that's what Joss Whedon always does and why it always was such a relatable show, because you felt really connected to, like, going through real problems mm. and he always made like being a teenage girl and like being human and just going through this like everyday stuff that happens to people like as important as saving the world and like fighting like the demons it was like it and it was just for me like I think why I think a lot of like nerds and stuff get into fantasy is because you're able to like slay demons now it's so difficult for us to actually do in our lives like mm. our mental health like our demons that we have in life are like really hard to slay and it it's so fun to dive into a world where you can actually kill them and they're, they're like demons and dragons and yeah. vampires and you know any kind of nerdcore stuff i think is really a good escapism for like battling stuff you can't fight in real life mm. and he like brought the reality in in such a, 
amazing way. And I just love that, like, at first Buffy thinks that it's glory and the God, she thinks it's connected to everything that's happening. And it's not, her mum just has cancer and dies. And she, she had a brain aneurysm. Um, doesn't she have cancer? No, I well, I mean, I'm not an expert. She's ill for like a while. Who is she? Oh. I mean, maybe I'm getting mem- uh, details foggy, but she's sick for a while throughout the season and they don't know what right. it is. And then she just comes home one day. Like, it's a completely separate episode. She comes home, her mum's been on a date, seemingly is like recovering, and then she's just like dead on the sofa. Um, and there's no music in the episode. And it's like she's faced with really being human. And then by this point, obviously, everything's tipped and turned. And, and also she's got this new sister that just came, came out, out of nowhere. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> they're just writing in a sister. Like, oh, my God. And then, it, you know, like she's she's protecting the key and it's dawn and she has to become responsible. She she basically turns from like girl to woman in this season. I mm. think she's like not a kid anymore. And there's loads of times where she's been, she's talked about that responsibility throughout the seasons of like, she doesn't really get to be a kid or whatever, but she's always fighting for it. And that's why like her friends and social life and her fashion sense and sense of humor is so important to her. Cause she thinks mm-hmm. like that's what drives her and that's what makes her the best fighter. And like, everyone's always telling her that that's weakening her, but actually it always comes back to like validating her and making her stronger which I think is really cool and a really strong message for like a young girl to watch that mm. like who you are is like going to make you stronger and like the world's trying to change you and tell you what you should be and you need to fight for like being yourself. Anyway, by in this season, she's not a teenager anymore. She's an adult and it's a hard reality where she basically has to be- look after Dawn, become like, she has to deal with like the house and like what happens when someone dies and like she has to quit school and you know she get like later into season six and seven she's like getting jobs and trying to figure out how to like stay afloat as a person mm. and I just love that balance of like reality with fantasy I think it's what makes the show so emotional and the these characters go through really difficult things and they go through like difficult crazy things but also just like difficult life stuff that you can that's oh, right that you really relate to and that loads of people are also going through so and I just love that like season five is where it really turns you start out feeling like so happy and then it gets so brutal and then it, it season six and seven never go back to that feeling that you get at the beginning of season five like season six when you watch it now it's so brutal and it's so sad and all the way through you can feel the end is nigh and then season seven it's just like game over it's the end and you, there's certain changes that you can't come back from. And that's like kind of true of life, you know, certain things where you're like, I'm an adult now. Yeah. And like, I'm responsible for these things. And, and it, that's, it's, you know, you've got to grow up and that's good. But it's like quite a harsh reality when you have these moments of becoming responsible for other people. And, you know, you're not like just in this easygoing, like kid thing where you don't have to you don't even realise what you don't have to worry about when you're young. Yeah, like of course. That, even though you're going through your own turmoil. But I just think he balances that. He never says that that's not important. Joss Whedon never like, makes out that like, being a teenage girl and those troubles and all of that still as important all the way through. You know, it's like you, I think you're just really, I felt really validated by it as a teenager watching it. And as an adult, I still like go back to it. Whenever I have any like life trauma, season five of Buffy, and I'm like, if Buffy can get through season five, I can get through <laughs> anything 
I mean, season two, she like kills like the love of her life. I'm like, fuck it, you know, it was just a breakup. I didn't have to like kill him. <laughs> Sometimes I wish I maybe break. had to. <laughs> sandwich break. <laughs> um, yeah, because I, I was reading that every episode is kind of based around some sort of trouble or trial or tribulation that faces young people so mm. they started like, every episode the writing sessions by going right what are we going to focus on isn't that amazing it's, it's just really so cool, thoughtful but it doesn't feel labored Mm-mm. like until no. you actually watch an episode with that in your head i, I watched uh, an amazing one from season one um this morning that was um all to do with the world wide web mm-hmm. when they get that um mm-hmm. the boyfriend the boyfriend yeah the boyfriend in the chat room yeah willow's boyfriend willow's boyfriend she's never met malcolm and she's never met him and And he's actually a demon i know (laughs) so relatable (laughs) tender but it's just like you know it's it probably at the time 1997 was Mm. an actual concern of parents and, Mm -hmm. and and and, and older people was, you know, what happens in chat rooms and on the internet because the internet wasn't probably still. What it is. Probably I mean, is, yeah, now. But chat rooms, especially shit. at the time. I really love going on chat rooms oh and God, pretending to be too. older. <laughs> ASL. I'm mean, fucking really talking to you. Do you know what I mean? Like, perverts. No, definitely. You obviously talking knew to that you were a child pretending to be an adult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <gasps> Turn your webcam on. <laughs> God. But yeah, I think it's, you know, sim- similar way, I suppose, to um, what about Dawson's when... Creek was written, oh, yeah. you know. But it's Dawson's like, Creek was never that... relatable to me because it was no. so melodramatic. I was like, this is too intense. Like, my life is not like this in any way. And in a weird way, I felt like my life was more like Buffy's mm. than Dawson's Creek. And they used such long words. They were so adult and they were so grown up. And I liked that, like, you had characters that were, like, goofy and, like, Xander and and Willow that were just like actual nerds you know Mm. and Buffy like still had to deal with like being at school and doing the like annoying things Dawson's Creek felt like they were always in the middle of a fucking play and like their life always revolved around dramatic love scenes and (laughs) it never came to just being like something simple getting in in the way and like Buffy would have to deal with really like basic annoying stuff mm. while she was trying to save the people from vampires and she still had to mom like, never knew that she was the slayer did she not until later she finds out did she find out oh god but... there's a great episode when she finds out and also when it's like when she's like lost her virginity <gasps> um to angel who then turns yeah, into an evil vampire and like because he had he, a soul and then he lost the soul yeah if he gets cursed basically if he was such an evil vampire mm. he gets this curse and he'll if he ever felt um, true happiness. A moment, one moment of true happiness will like break the curse. So he has so much guilt and stuff that like he has all this responsibility. But then he has one moment of true happiness with Buffy when he has sex yeah. there and um, <laughs> comes inside a sixteen-year-old girl. <laughs> one moment of true happiness. Saying that, I mean, it, the the series does have like, an amazingly strong feminist message, mm. especially for something that was I'm, on I'm TV in the in the late nineties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, it, yeah. it, I was, especially that. Um, I was rewatching the final episode and that speech she gives. Oh my god! And it's all girls around the world realizing like, their true potential. I know, which is, is amazing. It's quite forward thinking. It really, it really like gave me confidence as a young girl and I just leaned on it so heavily and I, I still can lean on it now 
and I feel like just yeah like so I was thinking of another episode after you said that thing about relatable issues like when her mum starts dating someone gets a boyfriend and she hates him and she can't find anything wrong with him and thinks he, he's just a human mm. um, and then she kills him they like have a fight and she beats him up and like she kills him and an ambulance comes and they're like what was he Buffy and she's like nothing just a human turns out he's actually a robot <laughs> obviously but like she has this moment of like you know I'm sure that's like so many teenagers had that growing up too yeah. where you're just like you're, how is this person like in your life now I don't know it's such a like like such an amazing show because the character work is so detailed and strong and mm. you have this like narrative with all these characters for such a long time and they're flawed they're really flawed as well like I loved Xander but he's so annoying and he held Buffy back like so many times he would he would always be there to like save her and I feel like her friends always came through for her but he was you know really in season two he's the reason that she ends up like Widow's doing a spell and he's supposed to tell Buffy that and he doesn't tell her because he's like doesn't like Angel and then she doesn't you know she he got his soul restored just before she yeah and he's and she didn't know and Xander was supposed to tell her that and like I don't know like Xander's really immature and jealous Mm. and then he totally like fucks up at the end and like leaves Anya at the altar yeah yeah oh my god yeah of course so dark yeah like season six is dark it's really dark and the musical episode I'd, I've never been a massive fan of musical episodes in regular TV shows. Whenever, like, they did it in The Simpsons or... Yeah. Have you watched Once More With Feeling? I watched it a while ago. I watched a couple of clips today. I haven't watched the whole episode. I love it. And I was really nervous when I heard that, but I just thought it was so brilliantly done. Um, and I love how it came about as well, because it came about... They used to do sing-alongs at Joss Whedon's house. Amber Benson told me this that they would like go around he'd cook dinner for everyone so is this like your new fr- you're actually friends with I met her because I did a radio show <laughs> in LA like and interviewed her because I'm like a massive Buffy fan and I knew someone that knew her and she came and oh, talked about so a book cool. that she was doing and I just like nerded out about Buffy <laughs> for ages and she told me all these like details um, but God, you've got the gossip I know but <gasps> imagine it like all the cast would go over for dinner and they'd sit and like have sing-alongs around the piano. Joss would like love that to happen. He like loved that environment. And he told everyone he was going to do a musical episode and no one really believed him. And then one day he just came in apparently with the CD and was like, this is it. This is the music. We're doing it. This is the episode. And I think for the message that it was delivering, which was um, basically like, Buffy's dead at the end of season five. Mm-hmm. Season six, her friends are adamant about bringing her back. It's the beginning of Willow's wicker addiction, like magic addiction, and her power, like getting too much, mm-hmm. going crossing over into like a dark energy by like she wants to bring her friend back from the dead. She wants to bring Buffy back from yeah. the dead, and they're all they're all adamant. They're like, we don't know where she is. She could be, um, excuse me. They keep saying she could be in a hell dimension. <laughs> And because um, she, they she, don't know for sure that she died because she just jumped into a like giant yeah. hole in the ground. I mean, her body was there though, like oh, at the end. Her? Yeah, her body was there and she was dead. But they okay. said they don't know where her soul is because um, all these dimensions basically got omen and they're all terrified that she got trapped in a hell dimension forever. And she gets brought back to life and she's not like connect. She just like is really disconnected and everyone's kind of like you're realising she's not finding happiness in anything and, like, there's something wrong. 
Um, and that's when she starts dating Spike and having a, well, that's when she starts having a connection with Spike. And in the musical episode is, there's a demon that comes to town. He's like this sort of Bugsy Malone-like character. <laughs> and they use those like puppet wooden masks where they're like, the boss is like, yeah, da 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 like that. And people are singing and doing musical numbers and exposing truths in their life. And then some people would like dance them to themselves to death, basically. Um, that's like the dark part of it. But like... Right, okay. So there was a reason that they were all singing. Yeah, they were it's all like... They possessed it, by this yeah, demon. Yeah, like... And it turns out... It's a funny ending because it turns out Xander accidentally like called... Like accidentally did it. Oh, of course he did. Of course it's Xander. Course um, and uh, he thinks he's going to have to be taken away as as his bride but it doesn't you think it's dawn's fault it's not as Xander's. but um but everybody's like and everyone some people are freaked out by it some people enjoy it some people are like what are we like this is so annoying and there's like some amazing moments in that where there's a woman singing about having a parking ticket and saying that the fire hydrant wasn't there and and then right at the end as it fades out she says i'm not wearing underwear <laughs> which i really like um <laughs> And they're singing about the mustard coming out of the dry cleaners. And then you see this, you start seeing the massive cracks in everybody, like Xander and Anya, Anya's relationship. Um, but they won't talk about it. They'll just sing about it. Mm. And that's when Giles real, realises he has to leave because Buffy's relying on him too much. Um, and then Buffy basically comes out right at the end and says that um, she was actually in heaven. And they ripped her out of heaven and she's expelled from heaven now. Oh. And that is, and I just think there's actually no other way to deliver that message so, um, like, such a smack in the face with this, like, joyous and uplifting and emotional, like, music. And the songs are fucking brilliant, like, musical numbers. And then it's, like, this punch in the face of, like, crazy news that her friends didn't know and they thought they, like, saved her. And then they find out they actually expelled her from heaven. Oh, God. They've not ruined her life, they've ruined her out. Delight. oh my god which is like forever that's messed up yeah and um and so that's why her bond with spike becomes strong. they kiss at the end of the episode too and um she starts like sleeping with spike but um yeah it's just i, I love that delivery of that message because it's like all this joy but like the cracks in everyone is showing and it just it's so dark it's such a dark season because everyone like things get really fucked up and people don't really recover from their what have what what happens yeah. like this it's season seven is quite like unhappy i feel like for everybody God, it sounds quite close to like actual life mm -hmm. though you know usually in a in a kind of soap opera or sitcom yeah. something will happen and mm. they'll be you know they'll be sad or they'll you know, have a little bit of anxiety for a while and then within two months it's like back to reset yeah it's like adulthood you know you don't you never go back to those days you don't go back to going, being a kid and it's like quite hard hitting. Sometimes you're like, fuck, I'm, I've had moments like that recently where I'm like, okay, this is quite intense feeling. And I feel things that have like been reflective of things I might have dealt with as a teenager where I know I made it all about me and like how I felt. Because you were quite situation. young when you started your musical career. Yeah, like 16, 17. 17. Um, but it's funny like being an adult and you have this responsibility and you start thinking about your parents differently and yeah. you're like care you know you're like hopefully less selfish and thinking from a different point of view that's like 
the naivety is gone because there's just real like there's real worries there's real you've ex you've got all this life experience like you probably know people that have died like you you know yeah. not saying you can't have had that when you're young as well but like you've you've seen people come out the wrong end of stuff like the the sort of sh and I'm not saying getting old is depressing because actually I'm feeling so much happier in myself the older that I've gotten yeah. but it that but there is something about I think you have to accept that like you've got these responsibilities as an adult and you see the people that didn't quite accept it and where they've ended up and that's also dark to see that it's like it's natural to just you become like I don't know do you know what I mean I'm trying to explain I mean, we are right across the road from the Shoreditch ball pit bar oh god so in terms of depressingly not giving up your childhood i can't think of a better representation i mean i am all about being silly and youthful and fun. i think you've got to keep like following your heart and like there's loads of things i think that are wrong from society are put on us to like become serious i don't I'm, i do not mean that at all i just mean in terms of like i really i guess i've just been thinking more about my parents and like my family and like i want to be be able to give back to them in a different way and mm. think of them in a different way and think of think for myself so that I'm, I'm like I'm, I think more like now like I don't want to stress my mum out I want to be able to take care of myself so she's not got added oh, stress you know when, when you're a teenager you're like my life you'll never understand me <laughs> you're, like, oh, you're so annoying yeah. you're so embarrassing yeah and then, and then you're suddenly like oh my god you're like when do I, when I grow, when I'm grown up, when I'm, when I'm as old as you, I'm, and then you, you get grown up and you're like. And you get why your parents did oh, things. Shit, yeah. yeah. And you like have respect <laughs> for it. Um, I'm definitely about going in the ball pit and like being as silly and immature in, immature in certain ways as much as you can be. But I just mean like there's certain things about becoming an adult that you've, you've like learnt some hard lessons yeah. that you'll never forget basically mm -hmm. is what I'm saying and I think that that's quite amazing that Buffy like able to like was able to do that in such a like fun fantasy setting mm. that you know it's quite like brave of a show to go that far really and the setting as well the when it when it first started the the school the hellmouth it was just all a a kind of symbol for high school mm -hmm, wasn't it and, mm -hmm. and I, I, yeah. yeah hellmouth yeah it is a hellmouth isn't it the hellmouth, yeah, <laughs> yeah oh the town God. that you're from just like yeah. feeling stuck somewhere like and it's yeah and you've no escape you know yeah and then they just blew it up i know which i think we'd all have loved to have done <laughs> the, the yeah, ultimate fantasy <laughs> but there is so much so much of it, like fantasy texts that world that's built is so important yeah but for i mean if you compare something like the they call it the buffy verse don't they if you compare like the Buffy verse to say other sort of fantasy mm. and kind of I don't know like a like we were talking about Lord of the Rings on another podcast the other day like Lord of the Rings it's a lot truer to life like it's not as fantastical it's it's mm. quite grounded in reality mm. even though the characters in it the demons and the monsters are yeah. all com completely out of this world obviously yeah. yeah but the actual core of their lives is very similar to yeah our day-to-day -day. yeah and their friendships and like yeah everything that they yeah totally like there's, there's so much in those like school episodes that that i you know can relate to 
like you said, like the everyday stuff is, is, and then going to college being really weird and not fitting in there and like, and then dropping out of college and mm. having to get a job and like, you know, figure out adult things. It doesn't, it doesn't even feel like, sometimes it doesn't even feel like an actual fantasy yeah. text is what I think totally. I'm to say. Like when you, uh, when you said earlier about it being a fantasy, I was like, oh, I suppose it kind of yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. I never thought of it like yeah. that. I always just thought of it as a high school drama. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is, I think is why people <laughs> have it so fondly yeah. in their hearts because you went through the emotion of that. Um, and I guess also at the time... So relatable. Yeah. There's a time when it came out that was that was all the rage on kind of films and not, not necessarily in TV, but definitely films like... I don't know how many sleepovers you went to oh, where yeah. the craft was put on. Oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. And at school, we all had, like, our Wiccan book, the same Wiccan oh, book amazing. that we'd all bought. Yeah, I had like, Wiccan books, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you... <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. So embarrassing in retrospect. No way! I mean, yeah. that was amazing. <laughs> I still got wicker books now, actually. Oh, no, Mum, I'm not going to church. <laughs> I'm Wiccan now. <laughs> yeah. I'm collecting toenails for a reason, Mum, and you better be careful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I guess it just sort of felt almost grounded in reality. Yeah, it was grounded in reality. It didn't feel as fantastical as as it should have done watching it now in in retrospect. Yeah. But um, it's the film. Do you ever watch the film? Yeah, I've watched the film. And it's so completely different. So the film was written by Josh. Josh? Josh. Oh, I call him Joss. Josh no, Whedon. Joss Whedon. Yeah, he wrote the film, but then they, in the actual filming of it, they changed it, didn't they? Yeah. I don't know the film as well. Mm. I didn't feel well, I think she's like a kind it, really. of like... I've seen it. Ha, 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 cheerleader. Which is like, you see Buffy have sort of flashbacks to that moment. Mm. Like, Buffy is like, when she arrives at Sunnydale, she's been that girl. And she was the popular girl, and that's when she found out was she she was the slayer, and she was kind of seemed quite like spoiled and devery, and then like more like a Cordelia character. Yeah. And then she becomes a slayer and like changes her whole life, and then she's burnt down that school, and comes to <laughs> Sunnydale, and that's why her mum's really strict with her, and like yeah. she's under like watch by the principal and stuff. And that's in the TV series, mm-hmm. but then I think in the film, yeah, I think he's you know he's sort of said that they didn't do they didn't do what he had in his head, which mm. was a more of a like strong, independent female character. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And having it being a bit darker. I think yeah. the film, from my memory, is quite like, more like Bring It On, which Main I had in my scene. head earlier today, because we haven't even mentioned Faith yet. Oh my God, Faith. Oh my God, <laughs> oh my God Faith. Um, oh. The main thing I remember about the film is a scene where she has like a little pin for like what you'd put like in a notice board and she like has it in her mouth and spits it at a fly and hits the fly on the wall. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. <laughs> um, I don't know why that stuck out. Um, Faith. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, I feel also, like, everyone has that, like, one girl from your, like, growing up, like, that was your... That's, like, the the relationship that you never got over, that was, like, your best friend. Yeah. That basically was as intense as a relationship. I think there's female friendship is so intense it's like you know some of that has been harder to get over than relationships like where breakups you oh, know yeah definitely Actually being in a in a like relationship like the intensity of like female friendship mm. is so um so strong and can and can become so toxic 
which I think Faith is like a really great example of within this, like within the like reality mm. of Buffy and what people are relating to is like that sort of like, and also I guess like bringing in new people and trusting somebody, and then when it doesn't work out and you get burnt by that. And so she was she was a, a slayer. Yeah, she, she she got called up as a slayer. Well, Buffy she was dies on the good twice. Side. I think Faith was when, is it Kendra died? Kendra dies. But, yeah. but but Kendra came because Buffy died right. in season one. So then there's like, Kendra comes and then Kendra got um, killed by what Drusilla. What was the name of the like ratty vampire guy in the first series? The Master? The Master, the yeah. The Master. Oh, he's disgusting, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, so horrible. Mm. Proper like Nosferatu. You have fruit punch mouth. That's what she says to him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So he, she very briefly dies at the end of the first season. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. when Kendra gets called up. Mm-hmm. And and then, but she appears in season two. Right. And then Drusilla, that's really sad. Because her and um, Kendra, like that's when Angel is evil. Oh. And it's Spike, Drusilla and Angel. And Drusilla slits her throat with her nail, with her like sharp nails. Ooh. And she dies. And Buffy's running in slow motion in this like turquoisey, like green, shiny coat. <laughs> Down the corridor. I love that you remember that. I remember detail. everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like slow mo, and you're just like crying because you know it's too late. And um, and then I guess Faith must come from that. Yeah. And yes, yeah, Faith comes in and like she's like the bad girl. Such a bad girl. Such a bad girl. Very she's... similar to in Bring It On, actually, as well. Right. The kind of like cool badass. Although like, in Bring It On, she's kind of just like whatever. Like she's yeah. like do your own thing like I'm not trying to be anyone but Faith is trying to fuck with people right like okay. from the beginning she comes in and like she just like uses she has sex with Xander and then I remember when Willow finds out about that because it's like he's lost his virginity and she's like crying in the toilets and that's so relatable of like the guy friend that was like your friend who you didn't fancy or like whoever it is that friend that was like your friend that you didn't fancy but you were so close and it was almost like they stole something from you by doing that. Yeah. Although Willow did always have a crush on Xander for a while, but like that was like that. That, that what was that? That what? It was never a storyline that was developed in any way. Though. It did. Did it? Yeah. Let me tell okay, you. Please do. Please do. I can't. <laughs> so, do you remember, remember when Xander and Cordelia start dating? And yes. Um, ta- uh, sorry, and Willow and Oz are dating. Yeah. And they're at school. I and loved Oz. I loved Oz too. So Oh god, we'll talk about that breakup next. Um, (laughs) But then it's like that storyline of like Willow always had a crush on Xander, and that was never reciprocated. Xander always had a crush on Buffy, Mm. and Willow was just like they were best mates, like brother and sister kind of thing. And then um, when they both pair up and have girlfriends and boyfriends, it's almost like they they start like making out basically and hooking up and like it's this weird thing where I think Xander is with Cordelia who isn't it's more of a passion lusty thing and Mm. it's not quite right together so maybe Willow's brains and friendship is more appealing and Willow it's quite weird with Willow because she absolutely loves Oz but like she always had this thing for Xander yeah and it's this thing of like messing with like you both have and also just what being you wanted, young, kind of being and not, young and not having experience <clears throat> in the relationship yeah. departments. And the first few, you always mess up terribly. Right. Yeah. And so she, but that ends really dramatically as well when they find out because Cordelia, they get caught 
and that's the end of Cordelia and Xander's relationship. But right at the end of the episode, there's some kind of accident. I can't remember what was the storyline was in terms of like demon or monster, but she falls and like has like a metal spike through her, and she's in hospital after that. But um, it was like this dramatic accident thing where then he feels terribly guilty because they've been caught doing this thing and then Xander and Cordelia don't get back together yeah. but um, Willow and Oz work it out but then, <coughs> but then his werewolf looks... oh. sorry oh we, I mean, we didn't we even finish talking about, about faith. faith I know so should we talk about Faith first okay Okay. Um, so she was fucking things up she just came in she came in she's like toying with very people very antagonistic mm-hmm. well you can tell she's just really damaged I suppose she's had a really hard life and at first she comes in and she likes being the kind of sexy bad girl and kind of messing with people. And then you see that actually, like, she's kind of... She's got this, like, jealousy thing with Buffy a little bit where she never had a life like Buffy had. And so, like, her mum being loving and there for her and, like, this house and, mm. like, friends and school and a normal life. And, like, Faith obviously, like, has had a more fucked up life comes in sees it and like loves it and starts getting involved in it and then it seems that they actually like like Buffy gets really jealous of Faith she's like not liking the fact that she's like in with her friends and in with her mom and she's kind of like pissed off you know and someone's like in your space too much yeah Um, I think I had friends like that sometimes that would just become like too dependent and you you start being like whoa this is my life oh god the friend who's like I miss you I haven't seen you in ages and you're like leave me alone yeah Yeah, I know it's such a weird feeling isn't it (laughs) you're like why am I so annoyed that they want to spend time with me I know it's weird but it's really annoying I can get that yeah Um, (laughs) and then and then I think Faith starts to have a genuine appreciation for it and they they start to have a genuine bond Mm. Um, and then everything like gets fucked up between them and it's kind of like this like sister sister like female friendship that like just turns dark and like I have that too I've got like a friend from high school where it like never went back you know I've had a few female friends where it would it would get like bad and then it's like that's it it's so you knew that it was so intense it was never going to end well it yeah. would never just be like oh we grew apart yeah. it would just be like it catastrophic if something happened between you do you know what I mean where it's like so possessive you're both kind of possessive of each other and like I feel I've had that like a couple of times um it is weird isn't it when you think back and you're like I have best friends that literally like we're best friends Mm -hmm. but it lasts for like Mm -hmm. one year Mm -hmm. tops and then you never really talk to them again yeah it's weird yeah oh I used to hang out with them all the time yeah never really thought of that I think about it quite a lot. Do you think guys have that? Um, I think they have um, different types of closeness. But, yeah, yeah, I think guys can have, like, best friends that have, like, been through everything together. Mm. I don't know what it's like in terms of intimacy, but it feels very intimate with girls because you, like, are literally sleeping next to each other and you have baths together and you're, like, shower together (laughs) and, you know, it's just like... I don't think I've ever had a bath. Oh really? No. <laughs> I've had that with friends where you're just so in each other's lives that you're just like, just yeah. like you're like sisters. Mm. Um, and then when it ends, it's bad. And I feel like that's what Faith kind of represented. And then she like ended up working for the mayor, 
And she goes so far that she can never come back. And then Buffy... Well, she she killed someone, didn't she? Yeah. And that was that her, like... <clears throat> that was, like, dark her... Yeah, that's point. when it kind of mm. was not coming back. The guilt and everything from that. Oh, my God, that fight scene between Buffy and Buffy Faith, and Faith. Oh, my God. And then she fucking stabs her with that <sighs> knife. I do remember, though, watching so glad, that, though. thinking, God, they have really good, like, leather trousers or, like, oh, faux <laughs> leather trousers, don't they? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's my... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that scene is incredible mm-hmm. well i think faith if i remember that sandwich girl sandwich was good <laughs> sorry everyone <laughs> i'm really hungry <laughs> so angel's back um he's come back from his hell dimension holiday and um him and buffy are dating again um at first they were in secret but then it comes out anyway they're dating and i think they break up and he just mysteriously came back, right? Yeah, it was, it was like, like to a... do with, like... Um, God, I actually can't remember the specific detail of why he came back, but maybe it was to do with the... Sp- I think it was the spell right. that Willow did eventually worked, I okay. think. I'm not sure. Correct me if I'm wrong, listeners. Um, but then... Yeah, there's a really funny scene where... where um, I really recommend the scene where Angel and Buffy break up. Oh, no, not that scene. He breaks up with her, basically, to try and be responsible because he's, like, she like her life with him is going to be shit. You know what I mean? She's dating a 200-something vampire. She's never going to have a normal life. And he's like, you've got to have a normal life. Yeah. And so he breaks up with her. And then they're just trying to, like, hang out together and solve stuff. But, like, they're not dating, but they're both in love with each other. So they have... Oh, my God, I kind of want to YouTube this scene that's oh. so amazing where they're arguing and it's such a relatable argument. Oh we'll put it in the show notes oh, okay. so that people can find it and okay, watch cool. it. Okay, cool. Okay. It's such a good scene. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It's that argument that's just like you're both being... Like, she's being kind of a, a dick, but it's like also they're both like purposely misunderstanding each other and bickering in a really funny way. But in that period, I think, is when um, uh, Faith... Um, poisons Angel with like a poison arrow she hits him with an arrow she doesn't kill him it poisons him and then Buffy gets very protective and angry and that's when I think it leads up to their fight Mm. and she stabs her and puts her in a coma Wow. yeah which she comes out of later yeah of course because she's there at the end and then they swap roles like do you remember that one yeah and she becomes Buffy and tries to steal her life and then runs away yeah but Faith yeah poor old Faith Lovely odds. Oz. Mm. Oh. oh, my God. It's such an interesting end of a relationship. Because Oz is just perfect, isn't he? He's like, he's cool. He's in a band, but he's not a knobhead, which is so rare. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's the most, like, unbelievable thing about Buffy, is that there's, like, a guy in a band who's not a complete dickhead. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Forget the werewolves, forget the demons, forget the vampires. There's a nice guy in a band. Mm. No, not having it. Well, although, interestingly enough, (laughs) how things turn out, um, yeah, he's like a great boyfriend. And then um, when they go to college, it's like his, obviously he's a werewolf. He gets bitten by his, I think, cousin Scotty or something. It's like when his cousin scratched him, Yeah, I think. And that's when he becomes a werewolf. And then he's like, dealing with it and he's learned how to deal with it and he's changed himself up and then they're at college and this like sexy like bad girl walks past and they're like eyeing each other and then willow starts to notice it Mm. and it's basically like an animalistic takeover which 
perhaps is testosterone or like just sexual like yeah. sexual like desire and ripening yeah and like in uh, one of the full moons they end up together and like having a crazy wolf rampage and willow <laughs> finds them the next day in like the cage naked together and then oz basically has to leave and he's like i can't control this and there's like elements of the wolf now that like i haven't fully understood and he thought just chaining himself up it's kind of like it's kind of a big metaphor isn't oh it? my god it's like saying yeah it's like you have to actually fucking go in deep and face your demons and if you cover them up they're gonna just come out and get you yeah. and fuck your life up so it could even be drug addiction or something really or so or anything that's yeah. like a mental illness that you just try or something traumatic a traumatic event or whatever it is that you like cover up and you go okay well i can just like put this this is what i'll do to deal with this mm -hmm. but it's not actually facing it yeah so then he has to go off and i think he like goes into the jungle or something and works with these like i can't remember that specifically but he goes to work with these like people that like have like learned loads about the wolf and and um and it's such a brutal breakup. It is so sad when Oz leaves and Willow is just sobbing and he just leaves her. She doesn't have a good time. Oh, you can't believe it. You can't believe that actually Oz leaves. It's so shocking. And, and then she's broken for a really long time and then people are like angry with her for not getting over the breakup and there's that mm. whole thing. She starts drinking. She drops a beer at the bronze and everyone's like, Willow, you're drinking <laughs> beer? What are you doing? <laughs> she's really depressed. Anyway, then she then meets she, Tara. That's when the magic kind of magic kicks comes off. in, yeah. and then she like is like, oh, maybe I like a girl, and has to like tell people come out and tell people about it, and then her and mm. Tara have, like started dating, and then Oz comes back, and he's he's learned to control the beast, or learned he's learned more. I think he's done like this meditation or something, but then I think it comes out a little bit more with her, and he has to leave again. Ugh. It's really sad. They weren't meant to be. No. Yeah. I think we're nearing the end of our time. What else can we talk about? I think we to lock it up at... Oh, my God, we've talked for nearly an hour. Oh, I could just talk about this all <laughs> night. I could talk about it all night. And now that I'm talking about it, I'm starting to... I'm like, oh, I'm missing details. I was like, I, I need a refresher because it's so fresh in my mind. I watch it so often. Yeah. But that it's so fun to, like, talk about specific details and episodes and I'm like, oh, I'm rusty. I'm, like, Buffy rusty, which I thought never happens and i need to get back into it i just absolutely love the show like now i really want it to be on a netflix, netflix. or something now i it's, really want to watch gotta it get it back. i bet there's like some kind of protest online about it <laughs> i'll start one um, i think you should yeah yeah i really think you should yeah i i just yeah what else do you because i just i do think like <laughs> there's uh, i feel like our generation had things or like generation before, not generation but like a few years before you had those like kind of john hughes 80s movies mm. that taught you kind of how to be a respectable young person mm, mm, mm. and then we had like the buffies yeah and then the next lot of people had like harry potters yeah and it's like yeah what's what is the current what do people watch now that's i don't that, know like, i guess it's like you how to stranger things stranger things yeah maybe <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe it's like very young i suppose but yeah um I think but those sort I, of I feel like that's coming series. back a bit. Yeah. With stuff like Stranger Things, I think like it is it shows are amazing led by kids, by young people going through all these mm. like changes because I've found as I have turned 30 like 
the last few years of my 20s were quite like there's all this anxiety about turning 30 and all this like turbulence and it's almost like you go teenager where you're like this is who I am I'll fucking fight anyone who says any different so like sure about yourself in a way Mm. although in other ways so unsure secretly unsure secretly unsure but so yeah such a front about it but you're searching for identity so it's like your purpose is just to find your identity Mm. and then you go through your 20s and it's kind of you're rebelling against yourself you know your teens are like rebelling against your parents then you rebel against yourself and then you're like an adult but still no one really takes you that seriously you're still called a kid all the time Mm. and then when you're 26 people stop saying wow you're so young and you're you're like oh fuck guess I'm not that young anymore and then you stop getting ID'd at the supermarket and you're like oh I actually I'm an I'm, adult yeah and then you're walking down the street and yeah like there's there's like some kid coming towards you and the mum's like get out the way of that woman and you're like oh, oh that lady that lady and you're that's like, the worst yeah oh my god yeah I'm a lady yeah <laughs> and yeah. it's such a moment when that yeah, happens yeah, for yeah. the first time and you're like I know oh shit like, <laughs> you can say get out the way of that kid like yeah. or watch out for that kid you're like a I'm, lady I'm an adult I know in the eyes of the world yeah and it's, I don't know, then the last few years of my 20s, I found quite anxiety-ridden of, am I supposed to hold on to my 20s? But at the same time, I'm seeing people do that and it looks really bad. It can look very bad, actually. And so it kind of encourages you, hopefully, to grow and progress. And then I turned 30 and I was like, oh God, I'm relieved suddenly that anxiety about hitting your 30s is gone and in a way it's quite adolescent the whole experience again you go into this like very insecure phase about being older and then you are searching for your identity again I almost went back to my moral compass of my teen self yeah and through archives to kind of reassure myself of who I am and then now I feel like I've overcome a lot of the stuff that I went through adolescent and 20s and I feel more comfortable with myself and I I feel like now I kind of feel not everything's going to be okay all the time but that's okay because I know I can handle stuff and you've sort of proved to yourself that you can handle some challenging things um and I don't remember what I was relating this to Buffy about. What was I saying? Well, just, you know, those, oh, those shows like that prep shows. you to kind of to stay true these... to yourself. There's only one you. Yeah. You've got to fight for your yeah. personality and your beliefs. Yeah, and... and to be outside of the sort of system, yeah. you know? Like people, these characters that are, like, you know, not necessarily cool or what, like... The jock's never the hero. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe in some sport films, but not, <laughs> not in anything I watch. Yeah. Yeah. And to be able to find so many different characters, though, because even like Cordelia ends up being like a really likable character in mm. Buffy, and she comes through with some stuff and doesn't fit into her scene anymore and goes through her own. You know, there's so many different like relatable characters, and that like the, the setting is so intense, but so amusing and funny and and silly at the same time I think it it did have the ability to laugh at itself a little bit too which is really important for a show but I just think Joss Whedon is such a hero and he cares so much about creating this like these female characters and strong like feminist kind of roles for I guess young girls to look up to and it's quite amazing that he did that so well you know, that I think loads of women really related to. 
which he just has a really, I guess, interesting, like, feminine empathy Mm. to be able to do that. Because a lot of the time, sometimes it can be a bit like, you're not, you haven't really got the full understanding of what that would be like. It can be a bit, yeah, Yeah. one-dimensional. I I really feel like Buffy, like, went through so much um, and felt like a real person. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's an incredibly <clears throat> written sh- well written show yeah. and God I you just made me want to go and watch it. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to go and relive it. I bet now. there's people that are listening. What I love about shows like so nerdy as well, shows that are so nerdy. There'll be people listening to this who like know that I've got stuff wrong and they'll yeah. be so annoyed. They'll be like, no, that's not what happened. And, I put a um, disclaimer at the front. Yeah, but it make, it makes me want to go back to it again and and get checked details but I just love the show I I have a theory that there's nothing that you could go through in life that an episode of Buffy isn't out there to help you go through I think everything I've been through I'm not, I haven't been through everything in the world but I've been th- I've been through quite a roller coaster of quite weird emotional stuff <laughs> and I think an episode there's always been an episode of Buffy that I could go to and I had an agony aunt um series based on that at one point, where I was like, I'll direct you to an episode of Buffy that can help you with what problem you're going through. Well, that's brilliant. But now you're saying that, it makes me think it even more, because they actually would, I didn't realise that was an intentional yeah. thought process, which is so cool. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's entertainment with with proper value. Soul. Purpose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, thank you so much for talking to me. Thanks for having me. We could me. talk forever, but we have to leave this room now. Cool. <laughs> All right. Let's go talk outside. Okay, <laughs> a very big thanks to Kate Nash. You can find our show notes and previous episodes at talktheline.blog from Anne Marie on body image to Tim Burgess on coffee. Next week, I'm talking to Justin Young from The Vaccines. You've been listening to Talk the Line. I'm Jen Long. This is a podcast from the line of Best Fit, produced by Paul Bridgewater with original music by Seams. Please subscribe to this podcast if you like it. Follow us on social media. Send us a tweet. It will make our day. And if you really want to make our month, maybe our year, leave us a nice review. See you next week.